This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 564, a conversation with X-Men the Animated Series Wolverine, Cal Dodd. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 564. It's our conversation with Cal Dodd. Cal Dodd, uh, you probably know his voice. if you. Uh, first of all, if you listen to commercials at any point, probably in the 80s and 90s and perhaps a little bit earlier, especially if you're in Canada and if you listen to beer commercials, you've, probably, you've most likely heard his voice. But Cal Dodd is also uh, indelible on a lot of our, our youths uh, as he was also the, the first kind of real main voice of Wolverine as he was the voice of Wolverine on the X-Men animated series. It started in 1992. So we uh, were very fortunate to be able to sit down with Cal and have a chat about not just his career as Wolverine, but also his career uh, in, vo- in voice work and doing jingles and music and um, and advertising campaigns of which he's done as he mentions like thousands and we talk about a bunch of them it was actually such a fun conversation uh, to have uh, Cal was an amazing guest um, it was both myself and actually if you're just tuning in I'm Adam Chapman I'm the host of Comic Shenanigans I was joined by my uh, my brother-in-law Paul Scores and we sat down and we had a chat with Cal and it was one of the best hours I've ever had it was just so much fun um, he had a lot of cool stories to tell uh, again we, we got to hear him do some of the, the different uh, advertising campaigns he's done he slipped into the Wolverine voice numerous times and that was obviously a big thrill to kind of hear that uh, some stories about uh, him and the, him messing around with uh, Norm who played um, Cyclops on the show uh, a little bit and it's an immensely entertaining hour I think you're really going to dig it and um, yeah it was just it was so much fun I also recommend you go back and listen to episode 560 it was our conversation with Erica sorry Eric and Julia Leewald and they are Two of the main people that were really instrumental uh, in the X Men animated series. Uh, he was the showrunner, and um, they, you know, she, her, her fingerprints are definitely on the show as well. And she also wrote some stories. And so, if you obviously, I want you to listen to this episode. But I also recommend going back and listen to episode five sixty. That was a really entertaining conversation about how the X Men animated series, what was kind of going on behind the scenes. I also recommend you pick up Eric's book, uh, which is called Previously on X Men. Um, and it's, a, it's an amazing compendium of kind of giving you an idea of what some of the behind-the-scenes shenanigans were and how it kind of ended up birthing this amazing show that is so popular and enduring and that people really remember and have really fond memories. And a lot of people from that time period, that was the first foray into X-Men. And it kind of, for some people, I mean, I know for me especially, definitely led me into being a fan of the X-Men and the comics. Um, so I definitely recommend you go back and listen to that episode as well. And then also listen to this one. And again... You're in for a real treat with Cal Dodd. You can always email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Without further ado, let's get right into the main event as Cal Dodd joins Comic Shenanigans. Cal, welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. And what a lovely, that sounds like an Irish show. It, it actually really does. Um, you know, my, it does, and I'm Irish, you know, so shenanigans. I got accused of that growing up all the time. <laughs> well, well, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> so let's 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 jump into uh, growing up. So where where did you grow up? Where uh, where was your your formative years spent? Uh, in Port Dover, Ontario. I, I was born in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, came over when I was very young, like three or four or something, 
and I grew up in a small town in Lake Erie where, you know, every Friday the 13th, they have motorcycles galore in my little hometown of uh, 3,500 people. And I grew up in that little town on Lake Erie. It was a wonderful place to grow up. Uh, uh, there you go. And my mother was a music teacher. My father was a great singer. My mother was a singer, and that came natural to me to get into singing or whatever. So that's, I grew up in that little town. Are you familiar with Port Dover? Vaguely. I, I can't, can't say I'm super familiar, but I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with it. Are you familiar with every Friday the 13th, whenever it happens? There's one this April. About 100,000 motorcycles descend on Port Dover in this little little village town on Lake Erie with their motorcycles. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Oh, wow. Yeah, every Friday the 13th, if there's two in the air, they, have, they, don't, they come from all over the world to go to the, to, just to meet and hang out with each other. Oh, wow. That's, wow. that's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. So there is one this April. It's not as big as the ones, obviously, in, in, if there's one in August or July, you know, they're huge, like 150 to 200,000. In a town of 3,500, my mother used to, you know, she, when it first started, you know, 15, 25 years ago, she used to say, God, please, you've got to come home. I'm terrified. Oh, <laughs> there's just bikers, bikers everywhere with their collars and stuff, you know, I mean, and like not just, I mean, 100,000 of them? Come wow. on. So anyway, that's that's where I was. That's where I grew up. So when did you first kind of escape from Port Dover? Then when did I? When I escape? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I left Dover probably in nineteen. Let's see what what. Uh, like actually, I moved to Toronto probably in seventy eight, something like that. Okay. Uh, I moved to Toronto seventy seven, seventy eight, uh, and I stayed here. What prompted the move? Music. I, I, I got a deal through CBC. I auditioned for CBC with this guitar player, girlfriend, uh, boyfriend of my sister's, and I just brought the guitar player myself, went to the CBC, knocked on their door, and they, <laughs> excuse me, they listened to us and said, good, we'd like you to do, we'd like to do a little record with you. And, you know, we said, well, that's terrific. Um, my guitar player then proceeded to tell me he was going to be a university, a, a high school teacher, and he, he wouldn't be available in October to play guitar for me so they arranged for me to get a little trio to play for me and I uh, met all the guys in the trio it was a very famous Brian Brown trio in Toronto played for me and that was the beginning I met uh, string arrangers and stuff who did jingles and commercials and when they heard me sing they just, it was like this kid from they said from the sticks mm-hmm. <laughs> they'd never they'd never heard anything quite like them so, so uh, that was the beginning of the, of the whole thing and I just started singing and doing commercials and uh, it was wonderful wow what, yeah. what was what was it like working at that time on commercials and kind of making way um, and, and again using your voice to be able to do to kind of do that and work in the advertising business? Well, it was fantastic. I mean, I loved every. I mean, all I did growing up was was want to sing. We were a singing family, and like I said, all of us. My little brother Rory ends up with Meatloaf and the rock group Meatloaf, and he does that tune with Bonnie Tyler, totally clips of the heart. Oh yeah. Turn wow. around every now and then. Turn around, right eyes. That, that's my little brother. <laughs> so seriously, and that's a huge record. Total eclipse of the heart. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, he was on the Grammys with her. He did it on the Grammys in '83 or '5 or something like that. Wow. Anyway, so we were all musically inclined, and so I'm. He was uh, six years younger than I am, so he was still back in Port Dover working in the beer store. We like to say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and. Um, it, it's, are you kidding? I was meeting like Guido Bassos and uh, you know the, the, the musicians in this planet, uh, Doug Riley and stuff that you know I was working with, singing with. I was just in total awe of these people. 
and to know that they liked me and that they liked the way that I sang and stuff, and I, I quickly became like, you know, went to the top of my of the heap, so mm-hmm. to speak, in in the jingle scene, and stayed there for the next, you know, twenty five years. I, I was noticing on your IMDb page, um, I saw that you, yeah, you, you, you and also like just just and, and uh, I didn't, I had a lot of range, like a, a, like a big range, like so I did a lot of the low stuff, boom, 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 and I I was actually. Uh, uh, the Green Giant, the Jolly Green Giant, for about twenty-five years. You know, oh my like, God! Oh, oh. going to go ho ho ho, and then the background is Green Giant. <laughs> anyway, that, you know the, the bottom, and then I would do all the high stuff as well. Wow! It was just—it was a riot. I mean, what I'm, and they're paying me, and I'm singing. It's just like this is crazy, right? This, how could this be any better? Because I was, I was in a CA course for uh, right after high school. I was in a CA course, working right after high school, right into a CA office at the age of 17 and a half. This is after grade 13, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for three years I did that. My father died in the interim, and he was the one that wanted me to be a CA. And I just said, uh, when he died, I said, okay, this, this is not for me. <laughs> and I bailed and came to Toronto with that guitar player, just just check it out. And away we went. And it's been a, one hell of a ride. Absolutely. Um, yeah. one, one thing I, I saw when checking out your IMDb page, which kind of made me curious, was uh, how did you how did you get a, a guest role on Fraggle Rock? On which Fraggle on Rock? Fraggle Rock. Well, I, yeah. Well, again, that was singing. I wasn't even doing. I wasn't doing voiceovers in 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 those days. I was just a singer. I don't mean just a singer, but you know, singers got <laughs> singers got paid half what voiceover people get paid. Because there was just no strong union, and and voiceover people require an agent. Singers never had an agent. They just knew the people that did all the commercials and jingles knew who the singers were, and just called us and hired us directly. And I'm sorry, I forgot the question. Now was what? Well, just uh, how did you end up getting that uh, that role on Fraggle Rock, singing on Fraggle Rock? Oh, I mean, because they needed backup singers to back up the actual, um, you know, uh, red. The characters on the show weren't weren't strong, that strong vocally, like singing wise. Mm. Vocally, so they hired Sharita, Sharita. So they hired um, Shirley Williams and myself to go in and back up, sing along everything that they were singing with them. And then I got a part as a doozer, <laughs> like a little singing part for a doozer, one of the doozers. <laughs> uh, but we just we just helped them, just helped to make it sound fuller. You know what I mean? To make the sound good for the show, for the TV show mm-hmm. and Mr. Henson, which wow. was again really googly-eyed, just like. <laughs> Henson? What, the, what am I doing right here? Right. <laughs> no, I mean, Jim Henson? Like, you know, he's in the studio going, okay, that was wonderful. Try it again this time, Kelly. You know, he's, like, he's talking to me. Jim Henson <laughs> is talking to me. That's right. So I turned and said, piss off, Jim, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, no, I didn't. Um, it was just wonderful. And uh, we did that for five, four or five years. We just went to their, one of their, we had a reunion about two, three years ago here in Toronto. And I saw them all again, so it was, it was kind of nice. Not, yeah, it was very nice. A recent but they just hired. I mean, they just hired. They were looking for two a male female singer to to help them with the show, and we uh, we just lucked out and got asked to go. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. I was reading uh, Eric Lee Wald's book about um, working on X Men, um, and he was obviously I was reading the parts with you know where you did the interview with him uh, for the book as well and I was blown away by the fact that again as you mentioned uh, just recently you didn't have an agent at the time like everyone else had agents that they were kind of booking through and they you didn't actually have yeah. an agent when you ended up uh, reading for that part 
Yeah, and, and it was it was just it, as Eric said in, when I talked to him on the phone before he did the interview and stuff. It was just he was amazed the way things, <clears throat> the way the cast just sort of fell together. He said it was almost like it was meant to be the, the way the cast ended up being cast and stuff. And he said it's, it's like sort of a magical thing the way it happened because I, as you just said, I, I didn't have an agent, so I had no. I would not get called for this normally because you have an agent that tells you, you know there's a series coming up. I didn't have that, so I got a call from uh, this woman. I had done, I had done um, a, a singing thing, sing talk thing for Chrysler, and it was like uh, the, it was for Chrysler trucks, cars, whatever. And I was playing a sergeant. So we're but we're singers, and I'm the other singers there, and, I, and one guy had to be the sergeant. So I, I they said, Cal, be the sergeant. I said, sure. So my part was, who's got all the four by fours? And then the gang would answer, Chrysler's got the four by fours. <laughs> Sound off, one, two. That you know, and I'm doing. The, so she remembered that. <laughs> she remembered that, and just for, out of the blue, you know, and she had no reason to call me because I didn't, you know, she's not not for money or anything. But she said, Cal, Karen Gura was her name, and she just she was she's fantastic. And she said, would you like to go? And I just, you know, they're looking, they're having problems casting this character Wolverine. Would you like to go? And she said, sure, sure. Where, where is it? And she said, well, you know, at Claire Burt Studios right across from the Eaton Center on Young Street. And away I went. No idea what they're talking about. Like, who, who the hell's Wolverine? <laughs> no idea. What is the next men? I still have no idea. I guess he, he comes before the Y-men. And, 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 <laughs> and PQRT, you know. And after the V-men. I don't know. What is the next men? <laughs> so, you know, the way we go, and I went in, and they gave me the script, <laughs> and I sat down, and they said, there's a picture of him. I said, oh, that's terrific. Nice, nice, nice haircut. <laughs> and they said, okay, so read this. They said, well, they said, okay, and Dan Hennessy, who's fantastic, he's our voice director for throughout the whole series till the last year, and he said, okay, Kyle, this is a, and I had just met him, too. I didn't know any of these people. And I went in, and um, he said, here's the situation. He said, this guy's five foot three and a half, full of piss and vinegar, tough as nails, and doesn't take any shit. He doesn't like people beating up. And I said, well, yeah, okay, that's good. I like that. And he said, well, I said, hey, ref, like what? Like, how do you find this guy? And he said, well, I don't know. He threw names to me, like Steve McQueen, Ward Bond. Ward Bond I found very odd. Uh, um, and, and, of course, uh, uh, what's his ours? Um... Eastwood? Eastwood, yeah. And then I threw in uh, Wolfman Jack. Are you familiar with Wolfman Jack? Vaguely. Mark? Vaguely? Yeah. Like for the old uh, rock and roll announcer, like Wolfman Jack, baby. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I threw a bit of him in there, So with, along with, you know, Clint. And Steve McQueen, I love that just because Steve McQueen was uh, always one of my favorite movie guys because he was just so quiet and so aloof and like who does that does that ring a bell with like Wolverine <laughs> Speak, talk about aloof but you know the two of them he would just remind me how quiet he was and, and strong inside and stuff and so I just read the first thing and the first copy was you like picking on people smaller than you oh, I'm smaller than you pal pick on me well they just went ape shit in the studio <laughs> after the first line I read they just went like they just sort of jumped up and threw their pencils in the air and, I, and I'm like what you wrong <laughs> and they said oh nothing nothing <laughs> just wrap out more scripts read this read this okay now there's another lead up to that scenario and stuff because that was like uh, to um, Sabretooth yeah. eventually that mm -hmm. scene but they, he like pick on people smaller than you I'm smaller than you pick on me pal the way they went and they just said um, okay well let's you know see ya I read for about I don't know 25 minutes different scenarios that they gave me and stuff 
and I just loved the character immediately because I, uh, guys that don't like people picking on people for whatever reason, I loved that, that whole thing. And so the voices came to me, and it was just there, and they loved it, and um, the rest is history, pal. <laughs> well, in in the book, you mentioned how, um, and you just kind of alluded to it that you know you, you you recorded, and they kind of said, "Okay, thanks," and then you just kind of went on your way. So yeah, well, I did. They, did. they left. They called me about uh, I don't know two, three days later or something, and I just okay. They said, "Yep, you you've got the role," <laughs> because you know, truthfully, it came down to myself and Lawrence Bain. Apparently, mm-hmm. Lawrence read for that part as well. He ended up being Cable on the, the series. But anyway, so Lawrence, and, and Lawrence's a great guy. And, uh, so I didn't even know who was up. Like I said, I didn't know any of these people. So I get a call from Lawrence's agent, who is an old, old, old family friend from Port Dover. She's almost like our adopted little sister, Carrie Fallis. And um, she, she phones my mom's house. And my mom was still alive in those days. And I, you know, I picked, she said, yeah. so I answered. She said, way to go, asshole. You <laughs> in sort of a, you know, a velvet, a slap across the face with a velvet glove. Like, congratulations, asshole. <laughs> I said, what? Very much. She said, well, my client, Lawrence, it was you and between you and him for Wolverine, and you got it. I said, well, I'm, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> 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 little stories like that, which is really cool. And um, uh, away we went and on to the studio, and these guys coming in from New York and L.A. and, and auditioning in the studio for, not auditioning, but going in and fine-tuning the voice for, I don't know, each guy went in. I would go and sit at the studio and not even get into the studio. I'd sit there for six, seven hours. And then just say, go home, because we'll do it tomorrow. Come on back tomorrow. Because they were working on every character to make sure that they had, you know, they cast the people. Now they were just fine-tuning. So I know, and, and so I would go in there, I'd be doing that. So how does Wolverine talk when he's not pissed off? <laughs> and I said, and when's that? <laughs> <laughs> like, when is he not pissed off? And they said, well, very seldom, but, you know, what would you do? How would, so I just, you know, talked the way I would, I don't know, you just, and they said, that sounds good, good, okay. And then they tweaked a few things, and, and we were all happy in a way we went in our first episode. A question I had, um, uh, when when you first are kind of de- delivering these lines, uh, in the script, a big part of your, your, your vocal portrayal was uh, the kind of guttural sounds and the kind of the snarls and the, the kind of the rumbling. Was that in the script or was that something you kind of developed and kind of injected and that they liked and kind of went with? Well, there were sounds and grunts and, and groans and snarls. Like they, they keep saying to me, that there's, there's people just want to hear your, your growl. I said, what growl? Because and when I listen back to them now, because I've got the five, all the five years now, and it's, it's, it's hilarious watching it. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It still stands up today. Mm-hmm. And this is a fantastic series. I mean, listening to the growl, like that, and that stuff kills. That, that, that kills your vocal cords. Mm. So whenever there was a, an episode with Sabretooth and myself, it was inevitably, it was all fighting. And they would just clear the studio except for the two of us. And they would, that's one of the few times they would record two people together. And it didn't matter if there was leakage because they're fighting on camera, you know, mm. in the animation thing. And it was just the two of us growling and ripping our throats out for, you know, 15, 20, half an hour. <laughs> and, and, no, truly, and, yeah. and, and and you know, I couldn't yeah. I couldn't sing after after doing one of these one of those particular sessions because I can you know I can talk down there for him, but that's just, I see it's all coming from the bottom of my throat, mm-hmm. and you know you shouldn't speak from there. But anyway, so when I'm when you're fighting and screaming, it's like um, it breaks on your vocal cords, not good for them, but you know it was good for the series. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I don't know. Well, it's such a memorable you know, I, kind of... I forget the question again. No, no, it was just like, <laughs> was a lot of that snarling, was it in the script? Because it's a big part of what a lot of, I think a lot of people who've done The Voice of Wolverine after you are definitely kind of pulling from your, your kind of, oh, yeah. um, your reference. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it would be written like, okay, he growls or he makes some sort of noise. And Dan would say, okay, Cal, like, do, uh, you know, you're really pissed off. And it's, it, it, obviously if you're fighting and you were doing to the cloth there, I was like, wow! Like, it was one of those, you know, literally, I probably just blew your mic there. <laughs> that sort of thing that just comes through your throat again. There's, there's like, wow! You know, and growling and stuff. And he loved the growls that I had, uh, which I can't recall, I, you know, uh, I would probably just do it the same way, but um, mm-hmm. it, it just depended. Each scenario, each scene was different, and like uh, we just—I just saw one today because my wife was la- laughing her her, uh, her um, head off. <laughs> Be careful what I say. Her was laughing her head off, and it was the, 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 she said, "Do you remember doing a Halloween episode?" I said, "Well, I'm sure there was a Halloween episode," and she said, "Yeah, well, there is." And you and Jul- uh, Juliet, you and. Um, uh, uh, Allison Court, Jubilee, are at home, and the doorbell rings. Like trick or treat, we smell your feet, stinky feet. And, and Wolverine answers the door, and what does he have on his map, on his face? But a, a mask of a beast. <laughs> he has a mask of beast on his face. You know, beast from the show. Yeah, yeah. And he opens the door, and the kids freak out. And he, you know, he's scared. You know, because he doesn't like Halloween. You know, for whatever reason, and the kids run away. And and Jubilee says, "Well, that was really nice. <laughs> Maybe perhaps I'll answer the door the next time." And he said, "Well, isn't that what Halloween's all about? Scaring people." <laughs> um, so, well, they had the same haircut, so it worked out really well. Pardon? They ha- both characters had the same haircut, so that worked out really well. Haircuts. Yeah, Beast and Wolverine's hair were pretty similar in the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, but I thought I thought how weird is this that. Why would he have a, a beast mask unless he was sort of available to the general public right. like, you know, who, who are watching this series? Where would Wolverine go to the store? Because he hated shopping, as we all know. And, they, you know, he would never go to a mall or shopping. They, you know, he'd piss him off. They'd try and spray him with the perfume. And he'd just get, get back off. <laughs> a couple of episodes, I remember that. But um, so where did he get that, that mask? And why would they have a beast mask? Uh, it's just like, wait a minute. This is like real-life sleep. Be seeping in here, and that's very funny, you know, because he's got a big mask on. But <laughs> I, I would have had Jubilee go like, "By the way, where'd you get that mask? <laughs> Good, isn't it?" <laughs> 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 so I, you know, I don't know. I found that funnier than anything. So um, my my big question is: uh, this, that was a great story, and how where, where the voice came from. Um, now, again, I had the pleasure of meeting you at the Ontario Collectors Con earlier this year. Um, and Colin and his group there, we do a lot of work with a lot of the Transformer guys who have done the voice acting uh, in the old 80s cartoon and the, and the latest Beast Wars cartoon and stuff like that. So we get to see a lot of voice actors come on through, and uh, they get asked a lot at the Q&A panels that, uh, for aspiring voice actors and people want to do it. And one of the main things that they get they answer all the time consistently is that it's one thing to be able to have a voice and go, yeah, this is a friend's voice, let me do this and that. But they also encourage them that saying, a voice is one thing, but you're still acting and there's still a character involved behind the voice. Yep. So as a person who at the time had no idea what XYZ men were and, and Wolverine, 
what so did you um then starting doing research about what Wolverine was all about, or is the Wolverine we know today essentially Caldod? <laughs> And that's a great question because, and I will say, it is essentially me. Now, <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. I did look in. I looked into the history, of course. I mean, you, any any guy with a brain, let's do it. But he's got like this kind of a gig. I mean, and I didn't. None of us realized how big this was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, even even the writers, you know, Eric and those guys, just like wow. <laughs> what happened? Uh, and Batman was on at the same time, and we were burying him in, in the in the you know the, the ratings and stuff. Um, yeah, I truly that was Paul, right? You were yes. Paul asking yeah. that question. Yeah, yeah, and true for for sure. It, I have many voices. I've always had tons of voices. My father, I could have him in stitches. I would do Gomer Pyle. I would do Jerry Lewis, uh, Walter Brennan, and I did them very well. And I've always been able to do that cop thing. So that, it's great to have that voice. But And it's so true to be able to deliver the line so that people believe it because you've, you've experienced that. In one way or another, you've experienced the situation that Wolverine's in here. And I, you know, in the, in the little town I was brought, in, brought up in, there, it was a tough little town. And there was, you know, there's, as anyone, you, you go through different scenarios. There's a bully and stuff. And, you know, you get tough. We got whipped, whipped, actually, with little branches on the way home from school. Because we were in a, get this, we were in a separate school. They called it the separate school. Hmm. We, were out, we were out in the country. And the Port Dover Public School was, like, sort of, you know, right down in the middle of the town. We were out in the separate school so we'd have to walk from there through like fields with cows in it and stuff i wouldn't because i was afraid of the cows my sister would go right through them no i'd walk around them and you know to try and avoid the same group of gang of guys on their way home so i hated them and i hated you know that and i made a point of not forgetting that and you know i ended up where i went to high school and went to a boarding school for three years again my parents dropped me at the door when I was 12 and a half, said, see ya. <laughs> I went, okay then. <laughs> this is the way you should go with him, Mom. Way to go, Dad. Thanks a lot for everything. <laughs> and I did. And they left me there for three years. Well, they would come every month for, for a visiting Sunday and we'd go bowling. I said, geez, thanks for that, folks. <laughs> so, and I talk about bullying. And, and so the, the first day of that little thing, when they were here, here's like 12 and a half year old students. And this other kid were the very first students in this school in London, Ontario. By the way, the school is Regina Mundy, um, Regina Mundy College. Anyway, so um, this kid, he was like much taller than I was. Our parents are talking to each other, they know each other. I'm from Port Dover. This kid's from Delhi. And tobacco country, and we know our parents are going to have to leave because they're dropping us off. This is the first, you know, they're leaving us. They're going to go home and leave us here in this school. And the kid starts starts crying when his parents leave it. And I said, and I just got up and said, "Come, come on, Carl, let's, let's just go down and, the, and discover the school." And we went down. We discovered the, the whole, you know, beautiful, huge, 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 huge private school. When we come back up to the dormitory, where you know, where your parents have put your belongings and your socks with your names, you know, tagged to them and all that stuff, our parents, of course, are gone. <laughs> and he's just now he's seriously crying. He said, "Oh come on, you know, we're all here. There was only thirty six of us for the entire year. There was only grade nine in the school." Mm-hmm. Anyway, I really digress here. But that those kind of those kind of memories and those kind of feelings and, and compassion for people and. Uh, being able to relate and feel sorry for people are part of 
so part of my nature, it's unbelievable. So that's, I just loved Wolverine to death because because he was tough as nails and he could do what I couldn't do. You know, it was just that sort of thing. You, you know, he could, he, could, he could just go, oh, I got an idea. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to dance on you. It's like in about three seconds, pal. And then and he would be able to do it. But, you know, you dream of being able to say that. And, you know, jumping into fights just because I hated seeing them. And, like, you know, defending the whoever looked like they were losing, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> Look, stop it. You guys, this is stupid. That kind of thing. So that part you have to incorporate into the voices that you have to deliver the point and to get it across. And and that empathy and that uh, feeling should come through in the delivery of the line. And if it's there, you have that background and stuff, you, you can't help it. And the, line, the lines were so beautifully written, too. You couldn't miss with some of the lines. And, and Wolverine got the best lines of anyone in this entire series, some of the funniest lines, for sure. Like, who would write, got bit by a dog, too? <laughs> got bit by a dog too. Just throw that in. <laughs> the end of his, that's one of the first two episodes when they break the sentinels or whatever. Yeah. You know, they're trying to jump through the fence and stuff. Wolverine, what happened? Of course, Captain uh, Captain America. Mike turned my name for him. Cyclops. You know, <laughs> the te- teacher's fat. <laughs> Wolverine, where have you been? And how do you feel? <laughs> I'm fine, pal. Got bit by a dog too. <laughs> what? Okay, good. You got bit by a dog too? Yeah. What? How many times do you want me to say that? <laughs> you know, it's just crazy. He got great. He had great lines. So yeah. In answer to your question, have some something to back up the voice. Uh, it's, it's just called acting, I guess. And if you have something to pull on or draw on, all the better. When you when you landed the role, like I mean, did they kind of sit you down and say, you know, like you are the lead, like you're you're the most popular character. Yes. You, you got to be ready for this. That's exactly what they said. Um, Calamari, Joseph Calamari, who was with Marvel, said, "You realize this entire series is about is around is built around you. Your character will always be at the forefront of any advertising. You will always be in the front." And I said, "Well, how come in the uh, how come? Well, how, why come in the um, um, the in- interior introduction to the show, the theme song? Cyclops is the first one you see. <laughs> <laughs> like, like how, how come that is?" And he said, "Well, no, well that's okay. You know, he's the sort of the leader of the group." I said, "Yeah, he's the leader, all right." And so. He said, no, you will be featured. It's all about you, and you'll see. You'll see anything that comes out. Wolverine is always in front and center, and that was a, that was a rule for them. Have you read the book? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, because, I mean, Eric Eric right now is in, uh, he's in a, a con right now, a Comic-Con in Anaheim. That's right, WonderCon, I think. As we speak, yeah, what is it, WonderCon? I think it's WonderCon, yeah. I actually yes, just, it is. Yeah, I've it actually is. Uh, had the pleasure of speaking to Eric just this past week, actually. Oh, good. Yeah, he just sent me a picture of the table and stuff, and they, of course they have, what's front and center, a big, they blew it up, the picture of me shaking uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's hand. That's right. <laughs> with my Wolverine jacket on and squeezing the shit out of his hand, I might add. Just wanted to pop the claws, eh? Oh, he just loved it. Pardon? We'd love to pop the claws there, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Anytime, anytime, pretty boy. <laughs> uh, the poor guy. Look, he turned from Jim Jubilee. Jubilee put that whole thing together. The, you know, uh, Allison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. And he shook her hand and took the book. And he said, "And now I'll deal with Wolverine." And I just, he said, "He's just to turn to his right." And I just said, "He's coming around." And he said, "Anytime, pretty boy." <laughs> he lost it. He just started laughing his head off and squeezed. And I got his hand and started squeezing it. And now he's ecstatically laughing <laughs> because it looks like we're. Hand wrestling, <laughs> and they said, "Honest to God, there were about ten. I'm not nine. Ten security guys. You know that you see in movies mm-hmm. with their hands up to their ears, right? And for Billy, what's it on? What's he doing to the prime minister? <laughs> Is he okay? Do you think he's okay? One of those scenarios. I was just laughing. That's why I was having to look at these guys. They don't know whether to jump in right now or what. <laughs> and, no, he was he was great, Trudeau. What, uh, like how did like what was it like knowing that like I'm going to meet the prime minister and like he's going to be excited to meet me like isn't that kind of crazy? Well, it was awesome. It was just totally awesome. And he loved the show. Okay, so he's just, I, mean, he's, I guess he's at the prime age. The age, the prime age is like what from 33 to 43, whatever. Yeah. 45, whatever. So he's right in that. He's in that group. Yeah. 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 He was, he's just he was just very cool. And uh, but the security I could not get over was just unbelievable. And we basically had, you know, like 20 minutes with them. 20, 25, maybe. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, this kind of dovetails into that kind of question, but uh, when did you kind of real like when when the series came out, when did how quickly did you realize that this, the series had really hit a chord with viewers and was this kind of big hit? Again, what was that? Sorry. Well, how quickly did you did you realize that the series had kind of taken hold and was a big hit? Like, how quickly did you did that become apparent? Well, as soon as like, um, it was even hard for me to. Of course, we were all glued to the TV. I think because uh, you know, to us this was like a gig, and it was amazing that we're all Canadians. I just I just figured out why. Uh, it, apparently, if there's Americans that had come in, it was of course cheaper to come here and record it. Mm-hmm. But if they had used American talent, they got extra money for residuals if it was played again or something somewhere. Whereas Canadians did not. So um, I just heard that today. Yeah, that's that's part of Eric's book, and he in his book he actually mentions that there was uh, three actresses who played Storm in the first season. Storm, yeah, Storm, yeah. No, uh, is that what you're talking about, Storm? Yeah, and uh, yeah. he mentions that you know there was one actress, and they realized, well, wait a minute, it's a white actress, it's a black character, we should probably have a black actress. And then they yeah. had an American, and then they realized, well, wait a minute, it's going to cost more. So then they cast it again, and it, that's yeah. that's kind of mind blowing, but like pragmatic, but very kind of interesting to see behind the scenes what was kind of happening. Yeah, I, I, you know what I like about that though is, is I like that they, they were politically correct in like you know making her a, a, a storm a black actress. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? And then recasting because they wanted to save money. Yeah, oh, no, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, they're, they're not stupid. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's not, if the talent adds, it comes up to you know the capabilities of what they're looking for, then terrific. <laughs> I just find it amazing. Well, not amazing now, but uh, all Canadians. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying to put together a, uh, what do you call it, an X-Men alumni uh, reunion this summer. We have yet to, uh, Eric is uh, on, in on this for sure, big time. And um, uh, I'll, for sure I'll let you know if anything happens and when this is about to happen, because this could be, it could be fucking huge. Oh, yeah. Uh, get them all together with Eric and, and Julia 
uh, so we have to, we have to find the venue and all that stuff here in Toronto and around, you know, August, August-ish. Mm-hmm. And do the whole thing with you know, the panel and all that stuff. I mean, it would be, yeah, it'd be pretty awesome. And yeah, Eric mentioned it as well. So it's good to know that it's not just Eric saying it, that, you know, oh, it, no, it no. is something it's going big, on. This, might, this is going to take off. This could, this could be good. It could be good. I, and I hesitate to do that because I curse everything I blab about. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to blab anymore. Well, considering how, how major superhero stuff is these days, I think... The nostalgia factor of you guys would be ridiculous. Like, let me tell you a quick oh. story. Um, for Halloween this year, uh, I, I myself, my wife, uh, Adam's wife, Kelly, and a, a bunch of us, we went to a Halloween party, and we were all the X-Men. Uh, I was Cyclops. My wife was Dark Phoenix. Um, uh, Kelly was Jubilee. We had Wolverine in there. A Rogue uh, was fantastic. So oh, after God. the party is over at this club we went to, we stepped into a small poutinery. Uh, the group of us. We walked in and... Uh, you went where? You went what? Just a small poutinery, a small restaurant uh, oh, yeah. that sells poutine. And uh, we're just getting some late night fries after a good night out. And, one, <laughs> and it was a small little place. And one of the guys, oh my God, it's the X-Men. And then the entire place broke out into the 90s theme song. It was the greatest nerd out moment ever. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah. I'll have Adam send you the picture. Yeah. You know, I whenever I hear that I, I wanna have a, a an F you know, I'm gonna say a, a you know, whatever, an F and I wanna bell with me. Because I'm sure everyone that sings that when they start singing when they get to that part where the bell goes that stupid bell there. Yeah. Oh, just to be walking around with a bell that you could just do that. That's what I would want to do. Look what I got. The bell. Yeah. Oh, that's a fantastic story. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I think it would be huge if you guys, re, you know, reunited and, yeah, people would lose it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm calling everyone. And so Lenore, who's in uh, Halifax, whatever, she's with the government in Halifax, mm-hmm. is, um, she's, they've all uh, signed off and they're all cool and can hardly wait. You oh, know, she was uh, uh, rogue. Yes, no, that absolutely. fantastic voice she had. I just loved rogue's voice, sugar. <laughs> Uh, a question I want to ask. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned in the picture with Trudeau, you're wearing your X-Men jacket. What's the history yeah. of the, of these jackets that everyone has? I beg your pardon? What's the history of the X-Men jacket? I mean, obviously you have one well, that you were in the picture with. They're just after uh, two or three, probably, probably the fifth year, if, if, I don't know, fourth, fifth year. They offered them to us and said, you know, they're, they're, they were coming up with some cast jackets. And so what would you like? We have Wolverine yellow or X-Men blue. So you had your choice. And, of course, <laughs> Mr. Teacher's pet. Professor, didn't you say we were supposed to go along together as a team? Well, Wolverine's not here. <laughs> like Cyclops, of course, the Ted Knight of our series. Um, he, he, of course, orders the X-Men blue because, you know, he doesn't get along with Wolverine. So why would he want? So the leather on my jacket was yellow. Uh, the arms, you yeah. know, whatever, the, the black body, leather, yellow leather arms, and the X-Men blue is like blue leather. And they just offered them to us, you know, if you, how many do you want, or where you go. So I ordered two of them, and they're in pristine condi- condition, because I, I just wear them for these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
So uh, the question was? No, that, that answered the question of where the jackets yeah. came from. Um, yeah. A question as well is that, so you recently did your first convention. How, after 25 years, is this your first convention that you did? Like, I would imagine that you would have been asked to many conventions. First what? You'd, you'd mentioned that the convention that you recently went to... Uh, yeah, the, Mrs- Comic- the uh, Collector Con? Yeah, that was the kind of your first appearance yeah. at a convention. <laughs> How is that possible after 25 years that you haven't done any other conventions? I, I've, uh, about three years ago, I got the first offer from someone in Florida to, or to do two different ones in Florida, and I wasn't, uh, at that point, it was like, what? Uh, yeah, we'll fly you in and all that stuff, fly you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there was really no money they were offering, and I just didn't know what I was supposed to, I, I'm not, I know nothing about it. I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, after talking to people that have done it, and they just can't believe that Wolverine hasn't done, like the original Wolverine has never done a Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And people are going, they just want to meet their original guy that they, when they were like in grade school, their hero and their voice that they were impersonating, they can never see him. Or, you know, so I've decided we're doing that in, in earnest now. Um, uh, getting on board and intend to do a lot of flying. <laughs> I was supposed to do uh, Manchester and London last year. The week before I was supposed to go down there was uh, the terrible, terrible disaster when some wing nuts, of course, the, uh, the band was playing and they killed I don't know how many people in Manchester. Yeah. And yeah, and then uh, another week pro- after that, uh, London on the bridge or something, they, another terrorist attack. And I just wimped out and said, nah, you know what? Mm-hmm. This, this thing seemed a little heated over there. Yeah. So I passed on those two. And so, I, you know, when um, uh, Colin called, he just said, this would be a good way to get your feet wet. It's just, you know, for six hours, five, six hours, whatever. And just come on in and have some fun. You'll be surprised. He said, you'll love it. And I did. That's great. Yeah, no, it's, it was fantastic. A question that whole, that whole experience. Pardon? No, I was going to say a question I've always wanted to ask is that um, so obviously the, the show was big, and then you, your voice was also used in a series of video games. What was it like? What was the process kind of doing that character, but in a video game format, which is obviously very different in terms of you know what it requires from you, and probably hurt your voice a lot because a lot of it's just grunting and you know kind of angry yeah. kind of sounds. So what was that process like? Because you did a, a variety of different games right at the beginning there. Yeah. Uh, and um, it, it was weird. I don't, there's not much I remember about those games, except, like you say, the sound effects. Mm. And I, or, like, back up, up, or whatever, shrieking, or whatever they wanted me to scream out. <laughs> it was just, it was just bizarre stuff. And one of them, I actually left. I walked out. I said, no. There was, like, 80 pages in one of these games. I didn't end up doing it. Uh, someone else impersonated me. I forget what one that was, but... Um, I just, it just, it was 80 pages of, um, of a script for me to, to, to read. And I was like, excuse me for the amount of money that they're offering me. I just said, you know, this is, I didn't know there was going to be this much. I can't do this for, for this amount of money. So like, they waited for two hours and phoned the people and said, okay, you can go. I said, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't call me again. <laughs> no, truly, no. And so I you know, walked out on that one. But it, an answer to your question, I don't, I don't remember a lot of the, because there was a lot of screaming and like uh, yelling weird things. Mm-hmm. It was a video game. No, for sure. 
and, and not necessarily a video game with a story either. Like there's yeah, I think you were the, the a lot of them were it was a fighting game series um, that basically you saying drill claw and you know yeah. barrage and yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and I, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure they recycled probably the, from the first game onto a couple of sequels afterwards as well. I would imagine. I don't, you know, again, I, I, it's so vague doing those things. That, that's fair. Um, yeah. th- no, that, 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 that's fair. It doesn't sound like the, the most fun of experiences. Well, no, well, I, I, don't, I don't remember a, a lot, if any of it, mm-hmm. because it was just, like you said, the weird things you're yelling out, and I don't know, so what, is it, what, if someone presses this button, they go in this direction? Yeah, and then that's a certain amount of, you have to read certain things that they go that way, and if they decide to go this way in this game, then you have to read these lines, <laughs> which are like, Screebub! What? <laughs> well, I don't know. Just tell me what to scream out. It was, you know, I don't know. It was um, just different. Yeah. And, and, and then these guys were from China or Japan, whatever, they, in the studio, and they say, what's wrong with Wolverine? He seems upset. <laughs> I said, well, yeah, he's upset because, you know, it's a lot of screaming and stuff he's doing, and there's not enough money in this for him. <laughs> oh, no, he makes even more money. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> and there's no, you know, again, that's just a voice I'm doing. I'm not, you know, making fun of people. Yes, yes, but It's yeah. very funny to me to hear, like, what's wrong with Wolverine? <laughs> Nothing wrong, pal. <laughs> just give me some more coin. <laughs> Sure. Just again, another voice. Yeah. Uh, to go to go back to the the first season uh, in the book, you kind of mentioned how at the beginning you guys kind of recorded together, and then I guess yeah. eventually you guys were just recording solo as the series progressed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was it like, for, like to be able save time for sure? Okay. Was it nice oh, to yeah. be able to feed off the room though, and like kind of do it more? Oh yeah, I loved I loved that, but it was just logistically it didn't make sense, and technically for the for the engineer, he was just pulling his hair out. He said, oh, fuck, no, I can't. This is crazy because he's leaking in. He's jumping on. And it's natural. If you're in a senior actor, you jump on each other's lines. You know, and if it's in a real movie, that's okay. But this is like, this is to, to be the people are doing the animation after the fact. Mm-hmm. See, this is, uh, I was talking to Donna about this. We did, uh, I did, uh, we, I did uh, Slappy on Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And it was the total opposite. It was like, uh, it's the first time I'd ever done loop, looping. So I'm in the studio and there's, there's a scene and like the line from right to left swoops across the screen. As soon as they hit, that's when you start talking. Cause now I'm lip syncing to the character I'm seeing on the camera for Slappy. And this was totally different. We did the voice first and the animators animated to what we said. Like, you know, so it was, there's two people, uh, three, four, let alone five of us in the studio, which we did have at one point. The poor guy, there's leaking all over the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't know who's speaking, who is that? Right. Who's talking, you know, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it got much easier for me. I would just come in, Wolverine by himself, do all my lines, check out, be done in like an hour and a half, whatever. Home, then they'd bring in Cyclops, do his lines. You know, and it was just cleaner for the sound, for the editors and everything. It was just like, oh, this is, the engineer was, he said, oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, but of course, you have to, at that point, rely on your vocal director, which was Dan Hennessy, again, who was fantastic. He said, this is what's happening, Cal. And, you know, and like, you could read the script. I mean, if, unless you're an idiot, it's just, there it is in front of you. <laughs> and, but he describes what's going on, how you're, how I'm feeling at this point, and what's happened prior, and all that stuff. 
which you're supposed to know, by the way, if you read your script before you go in, but <laughs> he's just there to, like, help you. And he was fantastic in that respect. How animated did you get in the voice book? Uh, sorry, in the voice awesome. booth. Like, how how much did you kind of move around and really move your space? Or because oh, um, big time, yeah, oh, big big time. Oh yeah, especially in the fight scenes, and yeah, but you look you look really weird <laughs> <laughs> some, sometimes. Because literally, when I'm doing with Don Frank's rest his soul, he died last year, a year and a half ago. He was a saber tooth, and we would literally be off mic so half the time, <laughs> and, you know, and because we're rowling and throwing our arms at each other and stuff, and and gazing at each other with like snarling. <laughs> it, it, it was very cool, you know. You see, like you seriously are snarling at each other, like back, pick up, you know. I think someone just have to listen to your flapping lips anymore. <laughs> of course, you look, you look weird, but you know, because you're acting. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, there's been, um, you know, people have sometimes not poke fun lovingly at the show that obviously you guys had uh, you had to curb your language sometimes, but sometimes it sounded like Wolverine was really close to cursing, but not quite. What was it like to kind of <laughs> do the voice acting for that? Like, what was that? Oh, they, they kept asking me at your, t- at your uh, t- um, collector's con. Uh, what the heck was the line? Scum, not scum, scum bucket, egg. scum. The egg-sucking piece of gutter trash? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say it again. The egg-sucking piece of gutter trash. Yeah. <laughs> I kept being asked just to say that. Yeah. Thanks to Phil. Of course, Phil knew it. My, yeah. You know, the, Phil. He knew the whole thing. So I say, what is it, Phil? Tell me what it is. Phil, hurry up. You <laughs> <laughs> scum sucking. Yeah. It's that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I have to say, you know, it's kind of like in real life. <laughs> I have to edit myself. In, um, oh, yeah. When, oh, yeah, what, being Irish. Every other word is, you know, that word. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you guys had the opportunity to be an ensemble cast, um, was there any particular, uh, like, like shit disturber of the group that kind of got you off the rails a bit or like, throw it, you know, script airplanes at people or, or do weird sound effects to throw off the sound guys? Any, any kind of, any funny business kind of stories? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nor, nor, Norm and I had a lot of fun because, you know, Cyclops and Wolverine did not get along. And uh, <laughs> I was telling this the other day, I was talking to Catherine Disher, who played uh, Jean Grey. And I said, so here I am. I, I'm, I'm new to this whole thing. You people are all voiceover people. And there's Norm, who is, you know, he's a great guy. <clears throat> and he's uh, Mr. You know, Mr. Straight apple polisher teacher's pet which I you know that's fine <laughs> and it's so funny um, and we, they were at, there was one episode where they, they wanted someone to say does anyone do Jack Nicholson and you know here's Norm and I standing there and um, of course Norm was like yes I can do that for you <laughs> Mr. Captain America or the Dead Knight and I just I sat there because I you know have been known to do the best you know that in the city so so I see you know Norm doesn't know this nor does anyone else because you know again they didn't know what I could do because you know I'm just a non non-agent guy I still didn't have an agent for that show by the way so you know all these guys had agents they had to give their 15% to not Wolverine pal <laughs> <laughs> so so he does his best he would say they a pool hall or something and Wolverine's playing pool with somebody else and then you know they end up getting in a fight of course and there's this guy that they wanted to have like a Jack Nicholson well so Norm does Jack Nicholson and after he finished I, and I turned to him and said are you done is that is that it and he was like what do you mean is that it 
<laughs> so I said, put my hand up, can I, can I try those lines? And they said, sure, well, sure, go ahead, Wolfie. Oh, so I took that before I finished one line, <laughs> Norm just turns, just turns and says, why don't you fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, sure, great. What else don't you do? <laughs> that's right. See, now I can let that, you, you got to get that out of there, that F word. But, like, you know, that's sort of what happened. The thing's like, oh, yeah, what else don't you do? <laughs> so, anyway, I got the gig for, to do the Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Long story short. <laughs> but him and I were always, he's a very funny guy, Norm. So, there was a lot of his comedy and uh, keeping it loose and stuff. Yeah. Um, I have a uh, a question about. I mean, once the show has aired, you know, you did the first season. It's aired. uh, Now that you can see what the character does on screen, how does that inform how you do the voice acting for all future seasons? Because when you first do it, you don't really have a real frame of reference. You have maybe an idea of people showing you a picture, but now you've seen it in motion. You see what the character does. You know, you know what? That's a great question because I think that what I watched today, that Halloween. uh, episode that I saw, I, I watched it and I said, and I listened to the voice, my voice, and I said, and I said, are you sure that's me? Said, it sounded, it sounded weird, the whole, and even then the talk after the kids run away from the door and he's just talking to Jubilee, and every now and then I go like, yep, that's him, sort of, and the animation looked different, too, and I believe the animation changed after the first year, uh, the first few episodes or something, the first ten, eight or ten episodes, because the animation looks different, too. Mm-hmm. And I said, but that doesn't, and I just almost went into Henry Fonda there. It sounds different, too, Ma. But, um, <laughs> uh, it changed in the in the fifth year, actually, in the last so ten sure, episodes. After seeing on, on like, this, and watching an episode and seeing it come to life, and, like, it was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it changed, you know, it changed in my brain. It changed everything. Oh, this is very cool. You know, I, I need to think about that and like make it better. Uh, yeah. In your in the book, you also mention um, uh, before the first X Men movie came out. I guess before they were really working on it, you mentioned meeting Hugh Jackman and how he was kind of saying, you know, I'm, I'm sick of hearing about your voice. No, no, he said, and he was, you know, in <laughs> in all kindness and respect and stuff. Uh, it was before he was in town, I guess, for the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, before 2000 then, so maybe it was the year 2000, I don't know. It's very vague. And he he's walking and we're meeting, he's introduced, and he said, Mate, I'm sick of, I'm sick, I'm sick of hearing your voice. Well, because his only reference for the movie, mm-hmm. for Wolverine of any sort, is mine. Mm-hmm. And his only reference for Wolverine is the, is the series, the, the animated series. Of course. What, is, what does he know? I mean, he's, you know, he's... he's going to be Wolverine, even though he's a, a foot and a half too tall. <laughs> but, no, but, but seriously, he's the only reference to it. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of hearing your voice, mate. He said, I mean, I'm so well, nice to meet you, too. <laughs> no, no, he said, uh, 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 all seriousness is great, but, you know, it's, it's like, you know, I'm tired of, not tired, but you know what I mean? He's, he's got to, he had to listen to something. Mm-hmm. And so he listened, and I guess he was, would do that or turn his voice into that thing. And that the, the the likenesses between the two of us is, is weird. I mean, he's a song and dance. I mean, he can be a song and dance man. Mm-hmm. He's a singer, and he does whatever he does. Uh, you know, hosting the Grammy, whatever the hell he hosted. But he's, you know, he's uh, and same here. Singer, Wolverine, both singers, and whatever. How odd is that? Yeah. And 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 I had a TV show that was syndicated worldwide 
for from 78 to 83 called Circus with Billy Van, myself, and Sharice Lawrence. And it was like a circus TV show. Leslie Nielsen did our pilot. You know Leslie Nielsen from Airplane? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he did our pilot. And we went down to Vegas and sold it and stuff, and it was syndicated worldwide. It was on CTV every night from, you know, whatever, third hour show. And um, it, I, we were, the girl and I were, this is like a Donnie and Marie Osmond show, so of course I'm Donnie, she's Marie, but sort there's those kind of figures. And we wore like circus ringmaster outfits to introduce the show. And then, you know, it was an hour show, so we had singers and dance, we had songs and we danced, and we didn't dance. But anyway, uh, so what is what has he just done? He's done the circus movie. Yeah. Pete yeah. Barnum. It's like, what are you following me around? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> For God's sakes, mate. Get your own gig. Oh. Well, so I, I find the similarities unbelievable. Wow. No, for we're, sure. both, we're both Wolverines. The real life Wolverine and the animated Wolverine are like, it's weird. <laughs> I know we're, we're running short on, on our time together, so I wanted to ask a question about, uh, of all the different advertising campaigns you've done, what was, what's kind of been one of your favorites that you've been a part of? What kind of what? Of, uh, the different advertising campaigns, and you mentioned that you've done different jingles, you've done work for you know Molson, for, I mean, there's been tons, and people can go to your website and hear snippets of them, but what was yeah. kind of your favorite uh, that you were a part of? My favorite ones? Yeah. That's weird. I was just asked this in Oakville. I was in Oakville last weekend on St. Patrick's Day night <clears throat> with the big band, 17-piece orchestra stuff. Now you was asked that very same question, which sort of caught me off guard. But, you know, I forgot about it because uh, <clears throat> that's not one of my favorites was not ho, 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 green. But it's just, you know, it was, it was a good one Yeah. because there were, there were literally thousands of them, thousands of commercials. And like the Molson Canadian stock twist, when they, when they first introduced the twist caps to beer bottles. Yeah. Prior to that, you couldn't, there were no twist caps, obviously. So that, hence that one for Molson Canadian, start twisting that beer cap, it's too hot under this collar. Uh, me, me, me to make your mouth water, taste, 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 and you can bet your bottom dollar that I'll be leaning up to a Canadian, Molson Canadian! It's got the case it's stuff. Cold. <laughs> it's got the taste that stops me cold, which I love, which was pre-Wolverine. Yeah. Wolverine right then for the last cold part. <laughs> but that, that one I loved, and uh, there are too many. Oh, and then, you know, two scoops of raisins and a package of Kellogg's Raisin Bran was on every for 10 years, and I did every one of them. <laughs> they were all little scenarios, uh, you know, the, the sturdy, sturdy Danny McGee was up at 59th Street just working as hard as he can when he suddenly saw two scoops of raisins in a package of Kellogg's Raisin Bran. <laughs> it went on. And then there'd be another one about the cop. Officer Mike was sitting on his bike just soaking up a bit of a tan when he suddenly saw two scoops of raisins in a package of Kellogg's Raisin Bran. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's like that's like my childhood right there, <laughs> right? Huh? That that's like my childhood is just being replayed for me. Yeah, and you can you can Google. <laughs> excuse me, you can Google um, uh, ketchup. The ketchup commercial, which is this is strange that I know all the lyrics to like, uh, and it was like it was a, a, a jukebox. That's all you saw on, on screen. 
it was a TV commercial, and it was on screen. It was uh, for tomato catch. It was like, you're on the top, you're on the, that sort of a nasal sound. You're the crowning glory or the top to every hot dog story. Of course, you perk up an everyday grilled cheese. Scrambled eggs adore you every time I pour you. You sure do please. You add that to macaroni dinner. You're the best. You're a saucy winner with meatloaf. Uh, with meatloaf, french fries, and bologna, kerplop. Because whatever's on the bottom, you're the top. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they paid me for that. <laughs> um, and, you know, there, there, like I say, there are thousands of them. I'll be upset because I didn't sing half of them. For sure. Uh, mm. And I did remember the most of the beer commercial, Labatt's Blue, and the guys are, of course, partying at the cottage, and they're out, walking off the end of the pier with a case of blue, uh, and they're on, on their dock, and one of the bottles falls into the water, and, like, they, they go, and then and the, the band kicks in, like, somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere, and the, as the bottle floats down into the <laughs> lake or whatever. Remember that spot? Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that was me singing some, be somewhere beyond the sea. My God, wow. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, personal favorite is your work on the uh, the Molson Canadian uh, unwritten code ads. Uh, those are from my oh history. yeah. Oh, that, but again, that's voice though. Those are voice. And that yeah. came out of the blue too. That was like another Wolverine thing because I went in. They see the guy said because I said what are they looking for? And he said well just sort of the everyday sort of kid, but it's like a it's like a rant. I said, you like the Molson Canadian guy, right? You know, the, the on-camera Molson Canadian. I said, well, yeah, but this, so well, it's not like that. It's just, just uh, you're not on camera. And that's about hockey and stuff. And I said, well, I played a lot of hockey. And, of course, all the information was everything any Canadian who's lived here any length of time knows. And it's all true. And, again, the writing was brilliant. So it was like, um, uh, shit, um, uh, how the hell did that? Uh, you're Canadian. What the, how did that start? I don't know. We just stumped you, though. <laughs> oh, no kidding. I'm just having a, a senior moment. <laughs> um, I can now say I stumped Wolverine. Something so. about Canadian. If you're, uh, you've got a hockey scar somewhere. You turned down a booty call in the postseason. You've turned to clap for a dancer, even though she shouldn't be a dancer. <laughs> yeah. I loved, I loved them. There. Uh, you know, I, what the hell was the opening line, though? You know, it wasn't, you know you're Canadian if, you know, somebody, uh, I can't believe this. This is crazy. You turn down a, you know, you know, you have a hockey scar somewhere. That's the second line, but I can't get the first line into that. Yeah. Uh, you have a hockey scar somewhere, and, you know, you took direction, and, you know, that if the, whoever has the weakest bladder is on the road trip, and there's so many different yeah, scenarios. Yeah, there's a bunch that of them. That was a fantastic campaign. Yeah. It was called, it was called The Code. Mm-hmm. When you were doing those, I mean, that, you do them at a very fast clip. Like, what was it like to kind yeah. of get that rhythm down? Because it's almost like you're singing them. Like, I know you said it's more voice, but it's lyrical in the way that you do it so quickly. It's like a song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a rant. So it, it's supposed to build. It starts softening stuff to get back. This is our beer, Molten Canadian. You know, to build it to the peak and stuff. So it, the musicality comes in in that respect I can't believe you stopped me like what is the first line of every one of those commercials I'll have to google it I don't know yeah I can't oh think of it oh my god no this is crazy <laughs> I did it like this is if you stop thinking about it it'll come to you though oh of course it will sure <laughs> so, well here's a question that maybe you can't answer because uh, but you've done a lot of a lot of different beer commercials what's your favorite beer well, I can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask any bar in Toronto, they'll know. 
you ask the golf course that I belong to, they'll know for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, more politically correct then, what, what do you think would be Wolverine's favorite beer? Well, it's, it would have to, well, uh, there's a deep, that's a deep question. Because immediately I wanted to say Molson Canadian, because it's Canadian. But, you know, he's, uh, he lives way up north there. And uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, and, and again, I could fight for blue because he's, a lot of the time he's blue and down yeah. and stuff, you know. Labatt's will love that. Oh, yeah, now he's calling our beer when you're down our beer. <laughs> That's great. That's really good. Thanks, Wolverine. When you're depressed, have uh, a blue. So, um, thank you so much for... Oh, no, I just... Oh. I, sorry, I just got it. Okay. There's an unwritten code in this country. If you live by a chances are... That's what it is. There's an unwritten code in this country, and if you live by a chances are, you got a hockey scarf somewhere. There you go. They got it. Yeah, you you, got you, it. you 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 bent your stick with you used a blowtorch to bend your hockey stick. Everything <laughs> that we all did, you know, right? growing up, it was just I just loved it. You turned down a booty call in the postseason. This is our beer, Molson Canadian Pal. There you go. Again, that was almost like Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, again, I'm glad. I'm glad. Just before we signed off, that you figured it out. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you figured it out just before we signed off. So am I. Well, thank you so much for uh, spending your time with us today. And uh, you're very welcome, and thank you for having me, guys. It has been a lot of fun. There's an unwritten code in Canada. If you live by it, chances are you've left your coat on some pile and knew it wouldn't get stolen. You've never made a move on your buddy's girlfriend. You know that on a road trip, the strongest bladder determines the pit stops. You've kept all your hockey trophies. You've replaced someone's pint if you knock theirs over. If your buddy's in trouble, you've got his back. You clap for the dancer even though she shouldn't be a dancer. You've used a blowtorch to curve your stick. You've used your arm as an ice scraper. And you've grown a beard in the postseason. This is our beer, Molson Canadian.